It's the Americhips with Kim Monson. Now, while this is all going on, I went through President Trump's speech and uh, Chuck and Nancy's rebuttal. The most important story. The American people finally said enough, and that is why they elected Donald Trump. The latest in politics and world affairs. Britain's version of Medicare for All is struggling with long waits for care. And opinions and ideas that prepare you to tackle the day ahead. Because ideas matter. It's the Americhicks. Dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. Uh-oh, guess what day it is. Guess what day it is. Leslie, guess what today is. It's hump day. Woo-hoo! Uh, I guess it's Wednesday, huh, Steve? Yes, it is. So, hey, um, welcome to the Americhicks with Kim Munson, where we do indeed dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation offering you a conservatarian perspective. So, Steve, it's Wednesday. Yeah, it is, and that's getting to be a problem because the drummer's a union guy and the camel's not, and they don't really get along. So I'm not Uh, sure how much longer we can do that. Oh, well, you know what? We need to be inclusive. We need to come together. We need to coexist. So we're going to have to figure that out, okay? (laughs) Okay, let's go ahead and jump into today. It is Wednesday, indeed. And um, thrilled to have in studio with me uh, a very valued partner, and that is Susan Kochevar. She is the owner of the the historic 88 Drive-In Theater. It's great to have you here. Thank you. Good to be here. You know, we're both entrepreneurs, and I think that's why I love you, uh, is because you are out there. You're an entrepreneur, and I am too, and uh, because I buy my airtime, and it's because of people like you that I get to be on the air all the time. So thank you so much. Oh, absolutely. Love the show. Yeah. So we're going to go through some headlines. And uh, then in segments three and four, Sandy Shaner, she is a former teacher and a former school board member. We're going to talk about education in America, the reading wars, whole language. You're familiar with that, Susan. I am, yes. And uh, the lack of education is infecting employers. Right. And you, you give a lot of kids their first job. I do. Yeah, I love them. They're, they're really hardworking and really smart. But you're seeing some of the things from the education system that, uh, as you're hiring these kids, right? Some terrible problems, even in terms of communicating with customers and their language use or, or lack thereof. They don't know what words mean. They can't pronounce them. Um, their grammar is terrible. Yeah. And so we, we're, we need to have a conversation about this. I think we're letting our kids down on this. Horribly. But, and these kids, you know, the other thing about it, though, is, is they want to succeed. Mm-hmm. They want to learn. And uh, I know that you actually not only employ kids, you're, you're kind of teaching them as well. Yeah, I am. I have a training program, actually, Speak Easy Ideas with Tom Cranowitter, uh has a program, uh, and we're working through that with these kids. You know, they're young, they're bright, they're willing, they're excited. I have a whole new batch this year, um, and they want to want to succeed but they're they're missing some things yeah so well we're going to talk about that in the third and fourth segment that'll be really important and and we're going to talk a bit about the 88 drive-in theater and what you're doing here as we get into the balance of the first segment and second segment but before we do that steve are you ready our inspiration for today is ann sullivan ann sullivan was the teacher, the miracle worker for Helen Keller. And I did not realize this, but Ann Sullivan was also blind. Uh, she had something happen when she was five years old, and she was blind. And if, if you haven't seen the movie, now it's, it's an old movie, uh, and I think it's Patty Duke played uh, Ann Sullivan, but it's a powerful movie. And uh, so anyway, her quote today is, Keep on beginning and failing. 
Each time you fail, start all over again, and you will grow stronger until you have accomplished a purpose. Not the one you began with, perhaps, but one you'll be glad to remember. And that's Ann Sullivan. Mm-hmm. And uh, so now, how about some uh, funnies? Okay, Steve? I've been waiting for yeah. weeks. Okay. <laughs> what happens if you eat yeast and shoe polish at the same time? You have a bad taste in your mouth? Nice try, Susan. Every morning, you'll rise and shine. <laughs> okay. Okay. What's the difference between a guitar and a fish? You can't tune a fish. <laughs> but you should always try just for the halibut. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> you got up early for that one, Steve. And what do you call a fake noodle? An impasta. Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. Okay, we're going to, let's see where we at on time here. We're going to go through some of these headlines. I think probably the first one that I want to jump and look at, and that is, is Bernie Sanders is advocating to give uh, people in, in jail and in prison the right to vote. So ask the question if the Boston Bombers should have the right to vote. He said yes. I mean, can you honestly believe this? It, 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 they no longer honor the regular citizen and that sacred honor to vote. They are doing, and you know what I think it is? I think that they're concerned, Susan, that Donald Trump, if we have a, you know, a, just a regular mm-hmm. election, regular everyday people, citizens voting, that Donald Trump's going to win. So that's why you're seeing the 16-year-old thing. That's why exactly. you're, you're seeing the, you know, the push at the border. That's why you're seeing, you know, letting people in prison vote because, I think they're very concerned that, uh, you know, given everyday hardworking people the right to, you know, honoring their vote, they're going to lose. Yeah, I completely agree. Their polling numbers must be showing that they're not winning despite what they're saying because you wouldn't be promoting uh, all the uh, allowing people who are not citizens to vote and 16 year olds to vote. So their polling can't be very good. Yeah, and I, I agree. And we are seeing those susan here in colorado we are seeing these policies that the uh, democrat candidates for president are espousing i mean and you're watching the legis- legislation closely but uh, uh we are having an interest what we're going to do a rally on may 10th on the west steps of the capitol stand for colorado be sure and check out the website standforcolorado.com And we're going to take the word intersectionality. The left has been using the word intersectionality all the time to try to bring all these different groups together to to vote for them. We're going to have an intersectionality of the issues. Mm -hmm. Uh, What is going on in Colorado, it is across the spectrum. Yesterday I was talking to a mom. She said, I, I, was, I basically have been a Democrat up until just a few years ago. I cannot believe what I'm seeing happen down at the state house, And uh, so all these different issues, go to StandForColorado.com. We're going to continue to add them on there. But we have some of the top issues there and then also the link to the legislation. And I'd say turn the TV off and read this legislation. Every night, read at least one of these bills so that you understand what's going on. I think people... Think that they, you know, it's it's not in their uh, in their wheelhouse. That uh, it's not their pay grade to read these. And actually, you know, you read the read them all the time, and it's really important to do that. Well, and they think they can't do anything about it, but it's going to take all of us to start to throw a gigantic fit to pull it back. You know, uh, 
We've seen so much bad stuff come through this legislative session, the family leave, oil and gas, forced vaccinations. And I think as the session comes to a close here, people are going to say, you know, we survived that. Um, you know, it can't get much worse. But if you want to see what's coming, look at the other states. What goes through one state will come through mm-hmm. Colorado. These folks all talk. So if you look at Oregon, there are some very frightening bills coming through Oregon. One of them is the forced visitation for newborns. So if you have a newborn mm-hmm. baby, there, you know, someone from the state will visit your home. The other one is a bill to limit public uh, records access. So th- there's more. They're getting, and they're getting, they're taking, getting all this data on us. But you're saying that they're going to limit what our access to our public records mm-hmm. in Oregon they're limiting the citizens access to public records that's really frightening so um just go to those other states and look to see what's going on it's you know because the minimum wage was there and now it's here and so that's it, the way yeah it moves. and it seems to me like well New York California Oregon and now you throw Colorado in the mix there's some things that I think people can look at Colorado and they're like okay this is going to come to our state mm-hmm. we've had so many so many bills that are I mean the overreach is astounding and people do say what can we do and so the stand for Colorado rally I know that there's a lot of anger a lot of frustration but this is basically coming together you know in in reasonable conversation peaceful reasonable conversation we're going to have speakers on many of the issues it's not going to be a political rally it's going to be something on all the issues we chose may 10th because earlier in the day governor polis is going to be giving his state of the state address touting all of his great benefits at the denver chamber luncheon and we thought what a good day then the optic to have thousands of coloradans come together Mm -hmm. to say wait a minute we are watching we care what's going on in our state, and we are concerned. And uh, and then, of course, we need to make sure that we we get good candidates and that we show up and we vote. That's I mean, that's going to be the the real plan on all this. And and we'll have um, petition gatherers there for the national popular vote. Mm-hmm. If uh, the repeal for 181 has been approved and they're getting petitions, we'll have those there as well. So it's going to be it's going to be a fun day. It's going to be a really important day. And uh, well. You're in the weather committee business. How, how, I, how can we make sure that we have good weather that day? Right. Uh, we really need to do that. I'll put in a word there. We need good weather for the drive-in, too. That would be really, really good. So. <laughs> angel got its wings? <laughs> angel got its wings, that's for sure. Um, let's talk just, well, we're, well we, we only have about one minute here. Um, let's just kind of tease this a little bit. You are the owner of the historic 88 drive-in theater mm-hmm. and you have a heart for everyday people hard-working people and there is something really exciting that's coming down the pike for you i mean you're famous i mean i hope you remember me as as you continue <laughs> to get more and more famous tell us what's going on uh well I'm- be watching the Wall Street Journal. I think I'm going to have an article coming out next week or the week after uh, about drive-ins and how we're having a terrible problem with the headlights on cars because, you know, in the name of safety now, drivers can no longer control their headlights. It's very difficult. You have to go through this huge manual to figure out how to get your headlights off. And it's ruining the American drive-in, ruining the experience. So, uh, I was interviewed about that. And then I also talked about some of the other 
things that are affecting drive-ins and small businesses in general. And one of those is all the taxes and regulations like we, we talk about mm-hmm. every day. Mm-hmm. And I uh, managed to talk about uh, one of the things that's really helped is the Trump administration and those tax cuts. Because not only did my employees have more money in their pocket, but my customers did as well. So my per capita spending in the snack bar per person spending went up, which really helps us. And uh, we saw more customers in the gate last year. Those kinds of things really help small business. And that was just a tiny little pullback mm-hmm. on taxes. Can you imagine what would happen if we did a bigger rollback? Now, I also hear that because of that rollback, uh, Social Security is now has about 10 more years of life. Just that small oh. repeal in taxes. So, uh, and right now, there's another article going around about how 16, uh, how Social Security has about 16 more years. So we definitely need another uh, pullback in the taxes. When you when you roll back those taxes, people have more money. They can take care of themselves better. They spend more money, and then your tax collection goes up. It's something mm-hmm. called the Laffer curve. And I'll tell you, it actually works that way in business. I find if I charge less, I have toys in my snack bar. I charge less for the toys, and uh, what happens is people buy more of them. They spend more, and they're happier. They come back every week. So, you know, there's a sweet spot in pricing, and uh, it allows people to to purchase more of your items. So a lot of times people will try to say, oh, you know, we we triple the price of whatever it is we're trying to sell. And then they assume that people will buy the same quantity. Buy the same quantity, and they they don't. don't. You make it up in volume, and the same thing happens with taxes. Well, and there's a sweet spot on, on taxes as well. That's what the Laffer curve is. Yes. And oh, we're, we're going to go to break. But but at uh, Vino and Veritas the other night, Dr. Cranawitter was talking about that it wasn't, Laffer didn't totally invent the uh, Laffer curve. In fact, it's in the Federalist Papers. Alexander Hamilton had realized that, which I found that it fascinating. Is. So we're going to go to break. And I know that when Jason McBride calls in, we're going to talk about Social Security as well. Awesome. But before we do that, you talk about sports. Sports in, in Colorado right now, it's amazing. The Nuggets won last night over the Spurs. They lead that series 3-2. to two. Game 6 is Thursday night in San Antonio. The Avalanche start their second round in the NHL playoffs. They're playing the San Jose Sharks on Friday. And the Rockies are wrapping up a homestand against the Washington Nationals today. And then they're heading out on a road trip to Atlanta and Milwaukee. Wow. And you know where my uh, my sports headquarters? You know what my it's Hooters restaurants. Oh yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Chicken wings. Yeah, it's chicken wings. They're delicious. And Wednesdays, Wednesdays are Wing Day, Steve. All the wings you can eat for only fourteen ninety nine. Now the girls are coming over tonight, so unfortunately, if you want the wings, you're going to have to go over to Hooters and get them, Steve. That's just going to be the way it's going to work. So, um, Hooters wings can fly. I'm going to have the the wings delivered tonight, and you can stop by and pick them up and take them home. Or what great fun to watch all these games at Hooters restaurants. So for more information, visit HootersColorado.com. That's HootersColorado.com. Be sure and let them know me, the AmeriChicks, Kim Munson. And uh, we're going to go to break. We'll be right back. All AmeriChicks sponsors are an exclusive partnership with the AmeriChicks and are not affiliated or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson and grow your business, contact Kim at AmeriChicks.com. That's AmeriChicks.com. Dan Predovich and his team at Predovich & Company help your business plan ahead financially. 
The AmeriChicks with Kim Munson highly recommends Predovich & Company as your financial business consultant. Predovich & Company will take care of your tax preparation, bookkeeping, and business advisory services. Dan Predovich and his team want to learn the unique needs of your business through real, honest dialogue. Because of their advanced technological capabilities, Predovich & Company can help clients anywhere in the United States. Call 303-791-3000 to start preparing now for next year's tax season. Organize your business finances with Predovich & Company. Call 303-791-3000 today. Social media is important to the AmeriChicks since it's an avenue we can utilize to hear from and speak to all of our friends. For those of you who enjoy listening to the show, we'd love to hear what's on your radar. Follow us and talk to us at AmeriChicks Twitter and Facebook pages. Also, if you're a business owner who could benefit from some extra foot traffic from like-minded friends, consider advertising on the AmeriChicks radio show. Contact us at AmeriChicks.com or email Kim at AmeriChicks.com. And now we take great pleasure in presenting to you the star of our program, Miss Kate Smith. It is my happy privilege to introduce a new song, God Bless America. Wow. Kate Smith and God Bless America. That was back in uh, probably the 30s. And Susan Kochevar, owner of the historic drive -in, 88 Drive-In Theater. What do you think about this? Uh, well, I guess we better set it up. The Philadelphia Flyers, apparently uh, there was a statue of Kate um, Smith that had been out in front of uh, their, their rink. And uh, they took it down this week or within the last few days, um, because apparently Kate Smith had, had um, recorded some quote-unquote racist songs. And um, I think that we're out of control here in America on what we're doing. We, you know, the, the political left, the far left that's taken over the, the Democrat Party, uh, you know, they used to say that it was Christians that wanted to tell people how to live their lives. Well, not so much. Uh, it looks to me like it's the uh, politically correct that want to tell people how to live their lives. And unfortunately, uh, the Christian perspective realizes that man is fallible and that we need to be forgiven and that we screw up and we need to continue to, you know, ask for forgiveness and start over. Uh, there doesn't seem to be any of this forgiveness uh, with the political left. My gosh, if, you, if you've made a mistake of any kind... You're toast. Yeah, there's also no historical context. Uh, one of the things people don't know about Kate Smith is that she raised millions to fight the Nazis. Millions. People don't know that. There's um, also a lot of uh, context that they're missing in regard to the songs. Uh, Glenn Beck was talking about this yesterday on his show, and he has a post. That I, I recommend going and reading it. But essentially what he's saying is a lot of the songs uh, that people are objecting to were... Uh, Songs that were poking, making fun of uh, bad parts of American culture, similar to the way uh, Mel Brooks did in Blazing Saddles. Okay. <laughs> well, and, and so we don't have any context nope. on what is going on here. And <clears throat> so people go back to the 1930s. They're not looking at any context. And uh, Harris Faulkner, who, you know, is um, on Fox News, I had heard her speak one time, and she said that... Uh, how did it go? She said that truth is facts with context. Now, it's a fact that Kate Smith 
did record a couple of these songs. And if you just look at it, you're kind of like, wow, ooh. But that was back in the 30s. We need to look at the context of that. Mm-hmm. There were also, my understanding is there were also black artists that recorded those songs, which that makes sense if, in fact, it was more of a, a tongue-in-cheek. And, and, you know, sometimes as you move along the spectrum, there are things, humor can be uncomfortable. You know, I so we have to have the context of back in the 30s, but let's look at where we are now. You know, we had a black president. I mean, what an amazing movement from there, you know, to here. Uh, but it seems like the, the politically correct want to continue to define us by... Um, you know, these different descriptors and they're descriptors, not they're not definers, Susan. Yeah, it's true. And when you start erasing all of that history, all of that context, you are doomed to repeat things. We can see this with socialism. Nobody has studied what's happened in the past with all these socialist policies. And we're and we're not teaching re- it to our no, kids. We're not teaching it. We're going to repeat it. My biggest fear is we're going to look like Venezuela. Please study your history. Well, and uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez has a YouTube out that uh, a millennial sent to me and said, this is dangerous. It is very well done, espousing the New Green Deal, espousing socialism. And certainly it can, you know, if you don't know what's going on, you know, it can certainly affect kids. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, and so anyway, it is very, very dangerous on on, uh, on what's happening there. So context you know, what was going on back in the 30s? And to just throw everything out, the fact that Kate Smith, as you mentioned, she raised millions to fight the Nazis. This beautiful song, God Bless America, you know, and, and this country that, you know, from 1776, about, what, 70, 75 years later, this little country goes to war. And a significant amount of the population dies because they, they want to settle this question on whether or not one man can own another. And the answer is no, that, that's, that's not okay. Then we have to continue to move forward. And, and, and there were racist policies. But the other thing that's dishonest about this, because we can't talk about it anymore, is there was institutional racism, and it was put in place with Jim Crow laws mm-hmm. who were put in place by Southern Democrats. Yep. And it was Ike Eisenhower who, in fact, after World War II, it was 1949 that, uh, uh, I think it was 1949, where they, 48, 49, where they integrated uh, the military. And the first Civil Rights Act, I think it was the Civil Rights Act of 1957, was introduced by a Republican, Ike Eisenhower. We need to have this conversation. So, we're, you know, these kids are espousing, take down these um, statues, and, and, but they don't understand the complete history. So you can't have this action here unless you understand the whole history. It's true. Okay. So danger, danger. Uh, and so let's uh, move over. Speaking of danger, danger, uh, there's some great movies coming out uh, this weekend, and you've got a big weekend at 88 Drive-In Theater. We do. We're very excited. We will be showing Avengers Endgame. Our second feature will be Captain Marvel, and our third feature will be Shazam, who is actually Captain Marvel. So we are very excited about this program. Now, uh, so can people pre-buy tickets or how do, how's this going to work? Because that sounds like it's... And what's the weather going to be like? Let me take a quick look. Is it going to be a great weekend? It, yeah, gorgeous spring weekend. Finally, it stopped snowing. Okay. <laughs> so it'll be a warm and dry for my customers. Yeah, we don't sell uh, advanced tickets, so you'll want to arrive early. So we'll what be, time should people arrive? Well, we'll be opening the gates at 6 uh, p.m., but 
lots of times people start lining up earlier and we will open when we have a line to the street. Okay. So um, get there early. You know, we sell balls to play with uh, in the snack bar. They're $2. No, you can't play in the snack bar. You sell them there, right? You sell them there, <laughs> yes. You can't play in the snack bar. It's not big enough. <laughs> but then we have um, rings for the toy, for the kids, and boomerangs, and all kinds of fun stuff. So come on out. Um, buy your dinner there. Play before the show. Spend some time with your family and friends, and um, we'll get the show started out. Oh, o'clock. Okay. Oh, it sounds great. And funnel cake. Don't you have these special funnel cakes? We do. We have funnel cakes and we have something new this season. We're trying churros. Oh. Yes. Very popular item. So. Okay. Well, great. And so more information, it's 88drivein.net, isn't it? Yes. 88drivein.net. And uh, it sounds like it's going to be a really, really fun, fun weekend. So let's go ahead and jump over here. You mentioned Social Security. And we have Jason McBride on the line with uh, Presidential Wealth Management. And uh, Jason, welcome. How are you doing this morning? Hey, good, Kim. How are you? Well, I'm doing just fine. And, you know, yesterday uh, we, uh, we discussed some of the strains likely to appear in the Social Security system. And Susan mentioned some things as well. And while the estimates are for there to be enough to cover promised benefits for another 15 to 20 years, after that there could be some issues, Right. Yeah, that's right, Kim. As we talked about yesterday, with the absence of any changes, the trust fund is scheduled to run dry in about 2035. Now, remember, the trust fund isn't responsible for paying all of the benefits. Right now, the funds that are incoming from payroll taxes and interest that comes in covers all the outgoing benefits. But that's expected to hit the tipping point within a year or two, and that's when the trust fund, which has about $3 trillion in it, is going to start getting drawn down to cover the shortfall, kind of like a savings account. So what will happen when the trust fund is empty? Well, the current estimate is that the incoming payroll taxes would be enough to cover about 80% of the promised benefits, so it'd be a 20% pay cut. So the $3 trillion trust fund, a lot of cynics are saying that it's nothing but air. Yeah, and, and that may be a fair opinion. There certainly isn't $3, $3 trillion worth of cash in a big safe sitting around somewhere. Uh, there's not $3 trillion worth of gold bars stashed away to cover that. It's really just a bunch of IOUs with... Uncle Sam is a guarantor, and so it's really, Kim, just very similar to government bonds or savings bonds. Uh, It's a hotly debated issue if that'll turn out to be a good guarantee or not. Well, it's pretty clear that there is a problem coming, and how did we get here? Well, there's a lot of different reasons. Uh, Two of the big ones, in my opinion, is one, we just have way less workers per retiree now than we ever have in the early days uh, of Social Security. There are about 140 workers for each retiree, and today, Kim, there's only about 2.8. Now, it's not that everybody just up and decided to stop working. When the system started, you had a huge workforce of young people and very few older people that were retiring. But as the workforce aged, the numbers changed pretty quick. And, Kim, in fact, between 1945 and 1965, that ratio dropped from about 40 to 1 down to 4 to 1. 
Now, most of the eggheads out there are going to say the system is stable at 3 to 1, but we've crept a little bit below that. And then number two, uh, the current payroll tax that goes into Social Security is 6.2%. When it started, it was 1%. That's all people had to pay. But then from 1949 to 1990, it just kept creeping up pretty steadily all the way to 6.2%. Then in 1990, it just stopped. And I don't know why it stopped for sure, but it seems to coincide with about the time that politicians really, really started pushing the story that they could give us everything without us having to pay for anything. <laughs> well, sorry, Jason, this is Susan Kochevar. It's actually a little more than that because uh, employers match that. Yes, I was going to get to that, actually, that uh, the employee pays the 6.2, the employer pays 6.2, and if you're self-employed, then you're paying in uh, 12.4. So there's quite a decent amount of money going into that system. Wow. And, you know, and just think about that, you know, as Susan has talked about the forced minimum wage. So when, you know, she is forced to pay uh, her, you know, her workers more then they're all, everybody's kicking in. That's, uh, you're going to have to pay taxes on that raise as well. So that's one of the things that kind of hurts employers, Jason. Yeah, it does. That's one of the things that uh, that a lot of folks don't realize is, you know, that that the employers have to pay the other half, too. They also have to pay the other half of uh, the Medicare uh, tax, which uh, Susan would know is another 1.45% on top of the Social Security and uh, isn't that, is that right, Susan? You have to yep. match the Medicare as well, right? Absolutely. So, so yeah, so uh, overall, out of a, a paycheck, you know, on like the first 130000 like 15.3% goes into the Social Security system. So if you think about it, it's almost just like a second 401k. Wow. Ex- Except you don't have any control over it. Right. Uh, so, yeah, there's there's positives and negatives with the whole system. Well, you know, and Jason, though, we, we talk about people's economic well-being. And so Social Security is a component, you know, of uh, people, you know, people have pay, paid into it and they're getting to the age where they're going to want to retire. And so you have classes on this, right? Well, we do. Uh, you know, maybe tomorrow we could talk about what some of the solutions could be. Is that okay? Well, a solution sounds like a really great idea. All right. Yes. Yeah, all we've talked about the last two days is the bad news. We can't leave on that note. So tomorrow we could talk about some solutions. But, yeah, we have uh, classes on Social Security uh, coming up next month in Arvada and Lakewood, and folks that would like to attend, they're free. You can just go to our website, chickspresidential.com. That's chickspresidential.com, and just sign up right there. Well, sounds great, and we're going to have a a cliffhanger then, and that is you have to tune in tomorrow to hear the solutions on Social Security with Jason McBride. Well, I didn't want to take up all of yours and Susan's time, because I'll do that if you let me. Uh, Well, and we have Sandy Shaner on the line. She is a former teacher and a former school board member. We're going to talk about education here in uh, America. So, Jason, I know that you're going to want to hear that. And, Jason, I don't know if you knew this, but, uh, you know, we have some bonus broadcasts. 
uh, we, we do our live show, and this is my, my show, but then Crawford Broadcasting is replaying us in each afternoon, and now they're replaying us in the evening, 10 to 11. So you can uh, start your day with the Americhicks with Kim Munson, and you can end your day with the oh, Americhicks with Kim Munson. I better start practicing my late-night voice. There you go. So. <laughs> so Jason McBride, we will talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye, Kim. Bye, ha- Susan. Have a Bye. good day. Uh, Susan, we're going to go to break. When we come back, education. We're going to talk with Sandy Shaner, and I can't wait to get to that. So we'll be right back. Don't miss Vino and Veritas, Wine and Truth, a study of the Federalist Papers. Join Kim Munson with the Americhicks at Water's Edge Winery in Centennial or Colorado Cork and Keg in Castle Rock. And coming soon, Vino and Veritas in Northern Colorado. Know why you believe what you believe and be able to have conversations with friends, family, and colleagues. The Americhicks with Kim Munson would like to thank Bullets Both Ways in Centennial and Auto Fireguard in Castle Rock for sponsoring this fascinating study of the U.S. Constitution. Sign up today at Americhicks.com. The mortgage process can be stressful, and with a potential increase in interest rates, it's more important than ever to get pre-qualified now so you're ready to buy. Call Kim Sturtz and Mark Cook with Home Mortgage Alliance to make sure you are making the right financial choice for you and your family. 303-517-7173. With over 30 years of combined experience, Kim Sturtz and Mark Cook of Home Mortgage Alliance have the knowledge and expertise to explore the many financing options available to you. They will remain available seven days a week and they will always respond quickly to your calls because they pride themselves on their excellent customer service. Choose the only mortgage professionals recommended by the Americhicks with Kim Munson. Call Kim Sturtz and Mark Cook with Home Mortgage Alliance today. 303-517-7173. And that is Kate Smith singing God Bless America. Uh, As many of you know, her statue was taken down outside the Philadelphia Flyers Ice rink had been there for many, many years. It had been the good luck charm, too. Mm. Uh, but um, taken down because some people were having issues with some songs that she recorded back in the 30s. My understanding is those same songs were uh, recorded by some black artists as well. And uh, we talked about context. Mm-hmm. We have to, uh, you know, we have to look at our history. We have to look at these things within context. And so we're going to jump over here and talk to Sandy Shaner. She is a former teacher, a former school board member, and, and uh, it seems like a great segue, Sandy, to talk about things in context as we're going to talk about education in America. Well, hi there, Kim. It's good to be here. Again, thank you. I, I can't believe it's it's been a month since uh, I talked to you last. It surely goes by way too quickly, you know it, but uh, here we are, education in America, and we had agreed that what we would talk about is that you mentioned the reading wars, and you'd also mentioned whole language. So why don't we start with, what What do you think, whole language first? Well, well, not, not particularly. The, uh, the reading wars um, do have a label, and, and uh, mostly from the decade of the 1980s and 90s, but there's actually been a reading war for, in, in teaching for since the 1800s in our country, uh, it started with um, Horace Mann in uh, the mid-1800s. He was the secretary uh, of, of the Board of Education of Massachusetts, and he happened to be interested in reading, and he was uh, 
uh, came across some research by a pioneer who was studying eye, eye movement in adults, and he reported that adults perceive words more rapidly than letters individually. So this made Horace Mann decide that we needed to stop uh, teaching phonics as we knew them and teach word sight identification and memorization. And then that was kind of the beginning. It didn't really uh, take over yet because we had always traditionally taught phonics in our schools. Well, and phonics is learning the letters, right? The sounds and the letters, being able to sound things out. That's how I learned. Okay. Yes, and you learn the letters. You learn them by sight, all the letters of the alphabet, and then you associate uh, those letters with the sounds, and then you build on that. So it's a foundation. It's a building block. And, uh, and, and so when students read out loud, you can tell if they're using the phonics because they're, they're sounding those letters out to try to figure out a word they might not know. If they don't have that, ability or that skill they're lost and that's what happened with whole language now you're going to wonder why we still have whole language being pushed by groups of people it, 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 you know i've decided that it has it, it has a lot to do with so much of the other irrational messages we're, we're hearing you know why why the green new deal why do we want to tear down everything we have and say we can't have it in five years because, you know, why do we want to take away the, the luxurious lifestyle we have with all the electricity we have, with the comforts and the food supply and uh, the, the medicine and all the things that come from energy and, uh, and t- tear it away because of this misinformed message of global warming. So that's what it reminds me of. Um, for, so for decades, uh, it was studied, how do we teach reading, what's the best way. Uh, a Harvard professor and psychologist, Jean Chawl, uh, she was very much a phonics promoter. She had just tons of empirical evidence to support it, yet the people that wanted to support whole language attacked her miserably uh, for years and years. But then... When the NAEP scores came out, the National Assessment Educational Program test scores showed declining reading scores. Oh. Then uh-huh. people started started to say, "Okay, wait a minute. What? Why are these? Why are the kids' test scores going down? Why? What's happening here?" Um, and so then the legislatures became involved, and more state government became involved, and they they ordered uh, panels of experts to look into it and find out. What really is happening? And what they came up with always was that phonics was the best way to teach. It produced the best results, and that whole language was really uh, confusing. So, for example, with whole language, you're, you're, to, you're to identify words as a child. This is a child, um, and memorize the word just as a word, period. So, but what happens is if you have a picture of a house, and you say to the child, what is this? And the child says, well, that's, that's, that's my home. That's a home. And the teacher says, okay, a home. A home is acceptable. A home is, is, is as good as a house. If you keep doing that, you're going to have a tremendous amount of confusion, as you can imagine. And I know kids that have grown up or now in their 30s and told me 
that they're still confused because of whole language they were taught. So I never had to go through that because I was at a parochial school and the nuns were firm believers in phonics and we we learned phonics in the 50s and so I never had any of that experimentation going on. So I kind of got past it. Now the state of California really were biggest, strongest promoters of whole language. And uh, the funny thing is, even though you can come through with study after study and tell these different so-called experts or these different legislators in, say, the state of California, that phonics really is best, they, they'll just say, well, ignore it. Just, just, just keep pushing whole language. How, what do you do with that? I, I don't know what you do with it. But lately... It, it is okay. Phonics is okay. When my kids were in junior high, I specifically remember asking the English teacher about this, and she told me, she said, come here. I'm going to tell you that I really do teach phonics and I really do teach grammar, but don't tell anybody because it was a bad word back then. I had a young cousin who was an English teacher had just returned from a, a conference, and she said, she said, Sandy, by the time somebody gets to be in 10th grade, they don't care what a noun is. And I said, you know what? I don't care if they don't care what a noun is. They have to know what a noun is. <laughs> so, and, and then there's this other philosophy that comes into play as well where, oh, and this goes back to Horace Mann in the 1800s and what he wrote. He said that, oh, just looking at letters is so boring. It's just so dull. Um, this brings us all the way to now, uh, where we talk, where we hear. Uh, I've talked to you about weeding, pulling the books. Is the last time we talked. Right. Uh, people in the libraries—they're irrelevant. Are they relevant? Are they relevant? Uh, uh, are there anybody? Are they anything anybody's interested in? Uh, so they pull it. You know, that isn't the question. It isn't whether it's relevant. It is relevant, and young people have to be told what's relevant. They, they don't need to make that decision. There is a, a certain group of people in education that think kids should determine their education. Kids should uh, only learn history that's in their lifetime because that's the only relevant history to them. These kinds of things are really, uh, they just are extremely harmful. They're devastating. Well, you know, and you only get third grade once. You know, it, yeah. it, it, we are letting our kids down on this education. And there's <clears throat> the other component is, I mean, we could talk about math. We could talk about um, writing as well. I mean, reading, writing, and arithmetic. And you mentioned something at the beginning of this, Sandy, and that is the foundational building blocks. And I think that's yeah. why we're having trouble in our society these days is because we're no longer honoring foundational building blocks. Susan, you're, you're uh, nodding your head. Oh, yeah. Well, phonics is the key to the language. To not teach it is absolutely ridiculous. When I was in Jefferson County schools as a kid, we, were, we learned a little bit of phonics and then some whole language. And I can tell you, whole language doesn't work. It affects children's ability to spell as well. So when my daughter was born, when she was about three years old, she really wanted to read. And I ordered the hooked on phonics. She was, by the time she went to kindergarten, she was reading. And the teacher's like, no, no, she's just memorized a book. We'll get her a different book. She, she learned to read that quickly with the hooked on phonics, and her spelling is phenomenal. Well, and having those foundations, Sandy, are so important. You're, uh, quick comment, and then we're going to go to break. Well, th this is what I keep always saying, the cart before the horse. 
that is the mentality now. Um, foundation blocks, math as well as, as English, uh, building blocks. You know, we can't expect adults seem to think that children should be able to do what adults do. And, and that's the other part of the research on the, uh, that started with uh, Horace Mann. That research was done on adults. Uh, when he read about the eye movement research, it was what adults Good recognized point. words, not children. And, and many of the studies were peer reviews, peer studies, not children. We, uh, and uh, this uh, Dr. Chall, who pioneered phonics all the way through all the hate and all the attacks, decades of it, she never was able to live to see this come back and show and that everybody is recognizing it, and the state legislatures are recognizing it. Yes, it is phonics that works. Drill and kill. Oh, don't drill and kill. That the Kids don't like that. That's math. Memorize your multiplication tables. That's English. Drill your parts of speech. Drill your letters, your vowels, your sounds. Those are all basic foundations. You, you have to have that first. Before you can become a great critical thinker, they want little children to be critical thinkers. You can't be a critical thinker if you don't have any basic knowledge. Well, and if you don't know uh, that the home and house are actually two different words, and exactly. uh, yeah, it certainly is confusing kids. And kids want to learn, you know, uh, Susan, she hires a lot of these kids and gives them their first job, which I just love. Mm-hmm. And uh-huh. so she sees uh, these kids are eager to learn, and we have a responsibility to make sure that we are are uh, watching what's going on in education on this. So, Sandy Shaner, we're going to go to break. When we come back, we're going to continue this uh, conversation regarding whole language, the reading wars. And Susan Kochevar is my guest chick in studio. We'll be right back. Award-winning realtor Karen Levine has 30 years of experience with REMAX Alliance. As a director with the National Association of Realtors, Karen Levine works to protect your private property rights. Karen Levine believes in home ownership. Since losing her mother to breast cancer, Karen Levine has helped to organize a local fundraising event called Karen's for the Cure, raising money for breast cancer research. Choose Karen Levine to buy or sell your home because she understands that it's more than just a house. Karen Levine comes highly recommended by the Americhicks with Kim Munson. So call award-winning realtor Karen Levine with REMAX Alliance today at 303-877-7516. That's 303-877-7516. Come join the 88 Drive-In this weekend to celebrate our 43rd season. We're open Thursday through Sunday. Admission is only $9 per person and children under 12 are free. Starting Friday, this week's features will include Shazam, Isn't It Romantic, and Us. And remember our popular Thursday pizza special. Get one 12-inch pizza served fresh and hot from our oven and two tall, cool 16-ounce sodas, all for only 12 bucks. For more information, go to our Facebook page or visit our website at 88drivein.net. You get more out of life when you go out to a movie. And that's Kate Smith singing God Bless America. And uh, as you know, the Philadelphia Flyers has taken her statue down. And in no context, we're not teaching the kids this whole conversation about what was going on in America. You know, that the, I mean, we're just not teaching the context on this, and we're just tearing down our history. She was such a beautiful person. Unbelievable. Sandy, uh, Shaner, <laughs> what, uh, well, what do you think? I couldn't agree with you more. It, 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 his, well, this, this pull, the history 
is part of our humanities programs in our schools. And we've had this surge of a concern for STEM, for science and technology and engineering and math. And yes, that's all very nice and good, but we cannot just marginalize the humanities because the humanities give us the critical thinkers and the problem solvers and all the skills that we need in many jobs. You can be a a great uh, warrior in the military, but you also have to have those other skills of problem solving. And it doesn't come from just using weapons. And uh, a thing I wanted to point out was uh, in the Asian countries right now, uh, their universities are coming to some of our universities and asking them, what is it that you do to produce the well-rounded individuals that you have? Because they're, and this reminds me too, I was flying uh, recently since I spoke to you and sitting next to me was a guy who was a, a student, an engineer, he's a PhD engineer here in this country, but he's from China. And he told me that education in China is very locked. It's very locked. You can't branch out. We all, we know that, you know, traditionally the stereotypes in, China, in Asia or China are very high math proficiency and science. That's what they are addressing. They're looking at that and saying, well, we want to we branch out. We want to fix that. We want our kids to come out more like your kids. And then here we are sitting here talking about how, what are we doing? We're taking that away. This, mm-hmm. is, this is the, the, uh, the envy uh, and ad- admiration from other countries around the world, what America has done, and the alternative to um, the early specialization where they track their kids. Uh, and then we're trying to get, it's almost like we're trying to get away from what we've been doing right well we've talked about we need to catch this before it gets away from us that's for sure dumbing our kids down dumbing our culture down and uh, i i could feel it and uh you know we we need to be vigilant on it foundation the foundational blocks of and education now i can't remember all of those things but it's uh, the questions are why are we here what are we to do with you know why we are here you know the big questions in life so Give kids the foundational blocks and, and uh, to, to build on and also to answer those foundational questions. I think that's one of the reasons we're having such a time right now with, you know, suicide and all these things with our kids. So, yes. Sandy, yes, um, exactly. we're, we're about out of time because we're going to jump over yes. here with Jen Hewlin in just a moment. But let's okay. have you back again. This went way too quickly and uh, uh, just really important information. Susan? Coach Bart, any final comments on that? No, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. You know, Einstein said that when you read history, you get all of it, the science, the math, everything else. Ah. It's essential. That's a good one, huh, Sandy? It's, well, who's telling you? (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's for sure. So, Sandy Shaner, let's get you back on this. This was a very important conversation regarding uh, education here in America. We do need to make sure that we're we're teaching foundational blocks. And and you Mastery, were on uh, yes. you were on um, school boards. So, school board elections are really really important. We need to be yes. paying attention to that. Yes, and parents, if they want to know, and citizens, if they want to know what to do, you know, I try to give them solid jobs. Like the last time we talked, and then this time is to. See who determines the curriculum in your state, the textbooks uh, that your schools are using. Is it the school district choosing, the school board choosing? Is it a panel? Is it the state that's determining all the textbooks? Find out and go after it. Ask for this. Our kids need to master their fundamentals, 
before they can be the great critical thinkers. We've always had that before. You see, that's what I was trying to point out with the Asian countries coming to us and asking us for help. We had that. We don't want to go away from that. We We don't want to lose it. We want to build on that. So, Sandy Shaner, thank you so much. We're going to have you back. And Susan Kochevar, it's been great having you in studio as well. We're going to jump over here with uh, Jen Hewlin, Water's Edge Winery, to find out what's going on over there. And, uh, uh, Sandy, thank you so much. Sounds like fun. Thanks again, Kim. So, uh, hey, Jen, what's going on? Okay, let's jump over here to Jen Hewlin. She's on the line. She is a great partner of the AmeriChicks, and she is the owner of Water's Edge Winery, which is where we uh, are hosting Vino and Veritas Centennial. Jen Hewlin, welcome. Well, thanks, Kim. How are you this day? I'm doing just great. And what a night we had on Monday night with Vino and Veritas and Dr. Tom Cranawitter. Amazing all over again. A great turnout. Everybody had a great time, and Tom could listen to him uh, read the the uh, phone book. Amazing. <laughs> Although we are going through the Federalist Papers, it's so good to know why we believe what we believe. So if you want more information about Vino and Veritas, go to americhicks.com forward slash Vino, and we will get you some more information on that. But let's jump over regarding Water's Edge Winery. Uh, what is going on right now, Jen, over at the winery? Well, I'll tell you, we have some amazing new specials on the menu. We're revamping. We're starting to plan our garden. I don't know if uh, you've seen it when you've been there, but we grow our own fresh uh, vegetables and, and spices outside. So everything we make is fresh and made right there on site. And uh, really excited about a new growing season. Well, for sure. And so what what's going to be new on the menu coming up? Uh, well, typically every couple of weeks, our chef, Demetrius, switches up our pasta special. We'll have a, a slider special. Um, it depends if there is a special event going on or a holiday. He'll make a special menu for that. Or if even if you just want to come in and have an event there, he can work with you personally to create a menu that goes with whatever your event is. So he's very talented. Well, and then to, uh, to uh, partner with that, you can certainly have... Uh, a special label bottle of wine done as well, right? Absolutely, yeah. If you're if you're just wandering past and you're on your way to a party and you've not gotten a gift, we can have you out the door in about ten minutes with a personalized label on your bottle of wine. And uh, nothing says I've given a lot of thought to your gift than actually creating a special label with their picture on it. Boy, ten minutes and you look like a hero. That's pretty amazing. <laughs> Nobody knows that you did it last minute. That's the best part. Well, and one other thing, Jen, you guys make your wine right there on site, right? We do, yes. My husband is the vintner, and we bring our grapes in from all over the world. So they're international grapes, but they're all made there locally, so they're Colorado wines. And what about, uh, remember the, the scene with uh, Lucy and Ethel regarding making the wine? I mean, do you have people come over and stomp the grapes, or, or how we does that do. work? Um, <laughs> Yeah, so I'm not a big fan of feet in my food, so I don't typically let people stomp the grapes. Uh, but we actually have a machine that does that crushing for us. Or we, it's a it's a kind of old fashioned hand crank, so it's a lot of work. But um, yeah, it actually goes through something called a decemmer and a crusher. And uh, but yeah, you can come every October. You can watch us do that at the winery. A lot of times we'll do a festival around that. So we have a. Uh, Lots of fun there, you know, come in, have some food, some wine, celebrate, 
And that's another example of the many things that we do with the community. Well, you truly are an entrepreneur, Jen Hewlin. And so be sure and check out Water's Edge Winery. What is your website? It is wewdenver.com. That's Water's Edge Winery Denver, wewdenver.com. And you can see all the stuff going on when we have events, political things, or if you just want to rent out the space. You can find all of that information right there on our website. Well, fantastic. And it is so fun to partner with you on Vino and Veritas. The room is just alive, and it's just it's just really all, almost magical, I think, uh, Jen. So thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Have a wonderful day. Okay, thanks. You too. And our quote for today is from Mark Twain, where he said, Education, the path from cocky ignorance to miserable uncertainty. So today, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. This is Kim Munson signing off. God bless you, and God bless America. It's climbing, twisting, turning further from my home. Young, like a new.